0: Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. It's the summertime, sun is hot out, and we are warming up with some futures bets for college and NFL football. Eric Eager, how are you doing this week, sir?
1: Man, you know, everybody likes to talk about how the season's coming up and how it's supposed to be this sort of, like, great thing. And, like, of course, for, for guys like us who work in sports, who are trying to make sure that all these great models are ready for you guys and all this content is up, It's crunch time, but uh, I'm doing well. I, uh, last week, um, placed a few bets while I was in Pennsylvania on some college football. Um, That felt kind of good, and now what we're seeing, Ben, is some games of the year. I I placed uh, an Illinois plus 8.5 against my alma mater, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, at home uh, uh, yesterday. So um, it's coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about a particular prop today. Um and, and I mean it, you, I can feel it right now I you know I can see the season coming uh, and it's not that far
0: it's not that far away I know and I love I love we touched on we do we are going to talk about season long player props but I am loving the fact that we are continually getting some of these new uh you know markets new numbers new player options here coming out as well uh, I've kind of been tracking as many books as I can trying to find the latest odds and we actually have coming out here on Monday uh, we had a college football preview betting guide two weeks ago we got our NFL version coming out best bets for every single team uh, and there are some really good ones in here I know you've worked really hard on some of those details as well uh, but that is something that people should definitely be looking forward to we got a lot of other great content coming up here at pff.com and like Eric touched on uh, we are you know revamping rehancing improving some of these models and tools that we have and I think We're going to have a really good year from a betting green line perspective, player props and everything else. I do think everything is going to be in line really well. So I am excited for the 2021 season, uh, but it is coming here really quickly. So let's talk a little bit. We've gotten, you know, some pretty decent value on some of our previous best bets of the week. We got season line player prop, a guy that, you know, PFF hasn't really been that high on in general, but Justin Herbert. 4,450.5 4,450.5 passing yards. Eric, walk me through uh, what side of the bet you kind of like and what your reasons are for liking Justin Herbert at this point in time.
1: Yeah, this is this is one where I think it's important from a betting perspective that you cannot get married to any one particular narrative or, um, or opinion on a player. Look, I'm the one. I wrote an article that said Justin Herbert – let somebody else take the risk on Justin Herbert – I've tweeted at times Justin Herbert is not a first round pick. Like I've, you know, I'm the one who wrote the article, you know, this past uh, spring that said Justin Herbert had a very impressive rookie year, but look for regression. Right? I've done all of these things, and I I I still think all of those are true. From like a process standpoint, obviously he was worth a first round pick. I think he's going to regress this year from an efficiency standpoint. I don't think he's going to throw 30-some-odd touchdowns like he did last year. I think he's going to throw more interceptions. We have him projected at about 14 this year. Um, But vis-a-vis this prop, you know, which, again, we're looking at 4,450 yards, we have him at about 4,677 yards. And here's why. The Chargers... Are not going to be as good of a team as people believe. Brandon Great. Staley is a terrific defensive coach. He had terrific personnel last year with Aaron Donald, uh, you know, with Jalen Ramsey, um, you know, Leonard Floyd having a career year, that kind of thing. You look at the Chargers; they have Nick, they have uh, Joey Bosa coming back. They have Derwin James. Lose Casey Hayward. Linville Joseph getting a little bit older. Uh, linebackers you know Murray had a better rookie year I think that some people believe but again defensively I don't think Staley's dealing with the kind of competence that he believes he's going to have and so their games are going to be more higher scoring right like John Gruden's a great offensive play caller in Las Vegas Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater will do a better job than people believe with Pat Shermer in Denver and then obviously you have Kansas City Um, as well. The Chargers face Minnesota, another team that I think can put up points. That was their 17th game that was added. So I think the Chargers are going to be in more game scripts where they're going to have to throw the football down the field. Um, You know, Keenan Allen's terrific. You add to that Mike Williams, um, Jared Cook, again, a down-the-field threat, an offensive line that got a lot better this offseason. I think even though Herbert might not necessarily be as efficient as last year. The Chargers might not be as good of a team as the market believes. I think that Herbert goes over this total.
0: The PFF College Football Preview Magazine is now available for just $7.99 with a PFF College grade subscription. It's complete with 600 pages of analysis, best returning players for all 130 teams, advanced scheme breakdown, strength of schedule, and win projections, plus a whole lot more. Again, that's available with any PFF College or PFF Ed subscription. Get it now for less than $8. Yeah, I like what you said. I mean, I like the fact that you think, you know, even if he isn't as efficient as he was, uh, as a rookie, uh, it's more than going to be made up for in the volume aspect of, and I do think you, you know, like you touched on game script. You forgot to mention the key weapon in that Chargers offense, Austin Eckler. I do think it's going to have you know more downfield th- downfield targets as well. One of the best receiving backs in the NFL, if not the best receiving back in the NFL. So I do think from that perspective, we could see a much higher volume passing attack if they're behind in games at all. We're going to see a lot of first and second down throwing, um, and that's only going to increase this number. So forty 44- four. 4,450 passing yards. I do think there are a few different quarterback options where uh, their passing yardage number is just a little bit low based on the 17-game schedule. Quarterbacks, of course, don't necessarily have the same injury risk as other players. Um, So I think from that perspective, I think if you are – targeting overs from a season line perspective you should be looking at some of these passing yards numbers I do think that they're just a little bit uh, deflated at this point in time based on the extra schedule and you know the uptick in passing volume that we've seen over the last couple years I think that's only going to continue as well so I like this one quite a bit Um, I do think there are some decent values on some unders as well playing the reverse side of that card mainly due to injuries uh, especially you know rushing yardage totals and stuff like that I kind of lean one that I kind of jumped out at me was Delvin Cook going under his rushing yards prop Um, I think kind of for similar reasons as you know others would say for the Chargers I do think that the Vikings are going to be playing in a lot of game scripts where they're potentially behind of course they should beat the Lions twice uh, but you know it, the assumption is that aaron Rodgers is going to be back for green bay um i think they're going to you know obviously be playing from behind against the vikings this year we could see you know Kirk cousins kind of strive and be good in the fourth quarter similar to what we saw last year again so i think that's only going to reflect in delvin cook probably going under his russian airs props so that's another one that i like is there any others that are kind of jumping out at you when you wrote up the nfl betting guide articles eric
1: eric yeah, well, the Dalvin Cook one's great, right? Like, I think a lot of people uh, un- misunderstand how good, you know, Cook has yet to play a 16-game season or a 17-game season. And, you know, the last, you know, and with the Vikings, I, th- I don't think people are pricing in the uncertainty of going, you know, John D. Filippo in 2018, Kevin Stefanski in 2019, Gary Kubiak in 2020, and then now Clint Kubiak. Like, we just simply don't know. They also drafted Kenny Nwangu um and to add a spark they also have alexander madison in the mix and dalvin cook got a lot of touches the last few years you just don't know when the wheels are going to fall off the guy um you know they are going to give him carries because they're going to try to justify the contract they gave him but i i really do like that that under there um i'm a big fan of that um you know i i, I think you know here's one um that i really kind of want to buy into when i look at the titans um A.J. Brown over 1,175 yards. Um, I think Brown is going to be the receiver in that offense. I think we're looking at the, you know, Arthur Smith offense, which is a predominantly, like, you know, the Titans have have not had more than two wide receivers, one wide receiver, sorry, get over 100 targets in the same season. Since 2013, when it was Kendall Wright and Nate Washington – downing is is trying to run the uh the arthur smith offense i I don't think he's going to be successful in doing so which i think means they're going to be in in weaker game scripts they're going to have to throw the football more they're going to be behind a little bit more than i think people realize and while i think julio is going to be a big beneficiary of that as well i think brown is going to be the real one there we have him a little bit more than 1200 yards this season that's one that i'm a big fan of uh when i'm looking at wide receiver player props the other one and we talked about this on this show i believe or the pff forecast as well uh kenny galladay i, I think the market is a little too high on Kadarius tony and his impact um daniel jones the last three starts he had last season every single one of them after he came back from injury he averaged more than 10 yards averaged depth of target i think we get this idea of daniel jones as sort of a dink and dunk guy When in reality, I think he can do both. I don't think Daniel Jones will be amazing, but I do think he could have one of those sort of like Bortles year three. You could have one of those Trubisky year, you know, he could have a year where the whole team does well. Quarterbacks sort of along for the ride and we're being attacked by Giants fans this time next year for saying, well, I don't think Daniel Jones has taken the next step. He just had a decent year last year. And I think Gallaudet is the recipient of that.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, that, that was three podcasts ago where we were heavy on the New York Giants. We did talk about Kenny Galladay going over his receiving yards total and our lock of the week that week. New York Giants plus 350 to win the NFC East. So I think, yeah, uh, it sounds like PFF has turned just a little bit into Giants fans at this point in time. Somebody's got to win the NFC East. I think it's going to be the Giants. Uh, not necessarily, you know, going to be too reflective of what the long-term prospects for Daniel Jones actually are at this point in time, but uh, I think the Giants are set up for success this year. I want to go back uh, one more thing on the Delvin Cook. I did write an article um, on the injury risk for the top uh, players for fantasy football we i had delvin cook using some of his historical injury information projected to miss five games uh you know an upper confidence interval level 80 percent of his games active so uh even if he gets up to that high range amount he's still gonna have a really difficult time getting over that rushing yards number so i do think that is maybe uh my favorite play we've talked about so far but justin herbert over 4,450.5 passing yards are lock of the week this year. This week, um, I'm feeling really good about that in the Chargers and uh, higher volume passing offense than we've seen uh, you know, previously at this point in time. So let's see. We got uh, you know, pretty decent bets, some decent value overall for all of our players of the week. We'll be back uh, next week, probably touching on a little bit more NFL. We got college football basically coming up here in six weeks. Uh, if you feel... Feeling good. You want to go with the Illinois uh, fighting the line. I ride with us plus eight and a half over Nebraska, August 28th. I want to say Uh week zero of the college football season. You can already lock in some of that action as well. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think Illinois should be over, uh, over a touchdown underdog at home against Nebraska at this point in time. They might be bad, but they're not that bad. So we will see yeah. any, any final parting thoughts, Eric? Words of wisdom.
1: No, I just know that Nebraska on the road in week one of a season or week zero, whatever it's going to be, not something I really want to buy into. Um, But, yeah, this was fun. It's always good to sort of talk about the nuance uh, of betting versus what you actually believe about a player. Yep,
0: definitely. So make sure you're on the lookout. A lot of great content coming up from PFF.com. We're going to have some more betting previews, talk about some season long player props later in the week. And I think you are going to touch on, you know, how to evaluate some interception props as well in season using some turnover-worthy plays. So make sure you check out all the great content on PFF.com. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, this is the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.